Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. Welcome to version 2.0 of the Minimum Effective Dose podcast. It's been a while since we've had the opportunity to share and chat. A um, little different format this time. Now we've got a, a co-host, a good friend of mine, Brett Jones, who's going to be hopping on all of these podcasts with you. So Brett, it's good to have you on, buddy. Mike, it's, uh, you know, I've been on a lot of podcasts. Uh, this is my first, it feels different, uh, first recording of a podcast that I'm a part of. Uh, so looking forward to, uh, to having these chats on a regular basis and uh, sharing, uh, hopefully, some information and uh, helping some people out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things where Brett and I have been wanting to collaborate on something for literally over a decade and it, it just never happened. And then um, with the whole COVID pandemic, um, a lot of people started moving in different directions. And I did start a podcast at the, begin at the beginning of the pandemic. And then a lot of life stuff happened. And we'll talk about that later, but I kind of put it on the back burner. But now we're back. We're going to have some consistent guests. We're going to have some awesome people on board. And we're just going to try to bring a lot of people that are so much smarter than we are so we can basically steal their information and not give them any credit whatsoever. No, I'm just kidding. We're always going to give credit. So the first thing we want to do is kind of revisit the name of the Minimum Effective Dose podcast and, and why we chose that. Um, the Minimum Effective Dose is something that I've learned a long time ago, this concept of trying to do a specific amount of work to get that specific adaptation. And the goal here is to do the minimum um, amount of work to get that specific adaptation. And that doesn't mean we skip things or we cut corners. It just, we, we get right to the chase and we try to focus on what's going to have the most beneficial impact on someone's training, someone's life, et cetera. And uh, Brett actually was, was someone that actually went and found the medical definition of the minimum effective dose. And Brett, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, whether we, you know, Alan Cosgrove had something up recently where he talked about, you know, the minimum effective dose being a concept derived from the Pareto uh, principle, 80% uh, of your results come from 20% of your, your work. Um, but it's, it can be defined as the smallest dose that will produce a desired outcome. So from, you know, kind of a pharmacological perspective, you know, that's a, the, the lowest dose of a substance that will uh, produce a specific or significant response or effect. And, um, you know, if we look at that from, um, from an information standpoint, uh, which is what we're going to be trying to provide here. Um, you know, we want to, we want to boil things down. We want to get to the essentials. Um, you know, what are the biggest misperceptions or misinterpretations on a subject? What are the, what are the essential things to take away on a subject? What are things to delete or not do when we're looking at a, at a particular uh, topic? Um, and what's the takeaway? You know, how are, how are you going to put this into action? I mean, my, <clears throat> you know, my, my, website and and business for a long time has been applied strength and you know the the concept there is you know um and it, it, something i derived from you know knowledge is not power 
Knowledge is information. Your ability to apply that information is where power results come from. And so, you know, from a minimal effective dose sort of standpoint, we want to get to the essentials. We want to uh, keep this as something that's uh, uh, hopefully fun to listen to and uh, provide some, some good takeaways. So simple and applicable information. That's what we're after. And, and we're going to go across the board. Uh, you know, we were t- chatting uh, as we were working our way through some of the uh, technical uh, uh, issues and getting started. Um, you know, talk about grief. Uh, we've both been through cancer. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's, let's get into um, a, a variety of subjects. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always think about when I came up with the name minimum effective dose, listen, if you've got a headache and two Tylenol will do the trick, just take two. There's no need to take four if two is going to take care of that headache. And, you know, over the last, I've been a strength coach for going on 19 years now, and I've screwed up more than most. Um, but one of the things that I try to do, and Brett mentioned this, you know, just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you, ha- you know how to take that knowledge and apply it to a specific scenario, et cetera. And one of the things that I've always done over the years is if I have a topic that I'm interested in, it could be like one single topic. It could be the kettlebell swing or could be a kettlebell snatch. I tend to focus on one thing at a time and Immediately when I'm learning and reading about these things, I think to myself, what does this look like from an application standpoint? Because for me, knowledge without application in the world of strength and conditioning, sure, it'll make you sound smart on podcasts and maybe do some presentations. But when you're in the trenches and you're actually doing this stuff, we need to find ways to get the job done as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And I've spun my wheels so many times over the years just by trying to do things that I thought were going to move the needle, but I was honestly probably doing those things to sound a little bit smarter than I was. And to be brutally honest with you, I was misapplying a lot of the stuff that I had read. I would kind of cherry pick things and throw exercises in. And I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. Um, It was just part of my learning process, learning um, what to do with the information, how to apply that information as soon as possible. Because when I'm on that training floor, if we don't get the results, it doesn't matter how much I know. It really, it does not matter whatsoever. What matters is the result of the training that we do in the journey, because the journey when it comes to training never really ends. So for me, it's, it's, it's been a fundamental principle of how I look at training is what is my goal and how can I get there the fastest and the most efficient way without wasting time and spinning my wheels. And that is a concept that I've really kind of taken not only into training, but in life, it's, if, if there's anything I've learned through the last year with COVID and, and with the cancer stuff is um, you got to eliminate the fluff because there's a lot of things in our lives that just waste time and does not impact us. And it's, it's, it's a good thing to go through that process of removing those things in your life that you just don't simply need, or maybe you thought that it was going to be beneficial for you, but come to find out it's just added stress. And as someone who's a yes guy that says yes to everything, I've learned to say no through this process and, and being able to just attack conversations and projects, being able to say no has been super empowering for me. So um, it's going to be a, a fun journey going through this podcast because we are, we're going to talk about our, our lives, our journeys, our backgrounds, our mistakes, our successes, and we're going to have on some people that will give us insight on what they do, professionals, professionals that are going to give us 
a greater insight on what they do. And, and it can be anybody. It doesn't have to be just trainers. It can be, it can be physical therapists. It can be psychologists. It can be physicians. It can be surgeons. What we're trying to do is we're trying to learn from the best and learn from their mistakes. And that's just a big part of this journey. Absolutely. And uh, a couple of old sayings popped into my mind, uh, which is pretty much how my brain works. Uh, it's either a movie quote, a Seinfeld episode, <clears throat> Seinfeld episode, or uh, it's a, an old saying. Uh, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there is. Absolutely. And so that's pretty much what the, the training world boils down into. Uh, there, there are a lot of things, the, you know, theoretical uh, concepts, and we have to know those. Uh, you know, the old systems called it the, the pedagogical base, the, the theoretical base of knowledge that supports whatever you're, you're trying to do. And, um, you know, you got to have that, uh, but then you got to put it into practice and see what works. And, um, you know, we're, you know, I'm not, I'm not fully sold on that. We're all a, an in of one, uh, that, uh, we're unique snowflakes that need, uh, all of our, uh, you know, uh, need to be, have everything tailored specifically to us, but there's some truth to, we got to do what works for you and you got to find what works for you. And I've, I've been, you know, the thing I've been kind of railing against over the last few years is, you know, we have this entire cottage industry of recovery um, tools that's kind of popped up around the training world. So, you know, people um, are trying to find out ways to recover from their, from their training better. Um, if if you're, if you're not recovering from your training and your first stop is not to look at your programming and lifestyle, don't go buy, you know, $500 something you know, to, to help <laughs> you recover better. Everything's 500 bucks. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's, that's where I see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's those. And, and again, from a minimum effective dose standpoint, you know, your, your program, your lifestyle, you know, if you're constantly trying to figure out <clears throat> how to recover from your training, but you're sleeping four hours a night, uh, you've got a bunch of work stress and uh, you're, you know, because you're stressed, you might be uh, indulging in some uh, beverages and things that are less than ideal for uh, health and recovery. Um, but you're still willing to buy it. It's like the golfer that's willing to buy the $500 driver to fix their slice and won't spend 80 bucks on uh, a session with a golf pro to figure out why they're slicing. Uh, it's the same conversation, right? So, you know, we want to, we want to look at that. And um, uh, sometimes there, there's two general uh, things that I've found to be true um, with training in particular, a, you're just not resting enough, whether that's between sets or whether that's between workouts. Maybe you just need more rest. Um, and maybe you're just trying to do too much. <laughs> maybe you need to do less and maybe you need to rest more. And um, seems, seems to work. Well, you know, I think, I think the problem is, is that people are looking for the next best thing when in, in reality, it's just the next thing. They're, they're moving on from one thing to the next. They, you know, they bought the gun and that didn't, you know, fix their low back. So again, rather than looking at their programming or, something else they're like well maybe i need this stim unit and maybe i need to do voodoo flossing and maybe i need to do something else 
And I'm amazed that people will spend literally thousands of dollars on recovery tools, but they won't spend it on a mattress. And if you think about the amount of time that you spend on furniture in general, what is the one piece of furniture that you spend the most amount of time on? It's, it's your, it's your mattress usually followed by the couch. And one thing I remember my dad telling me is, Hey, you don't skimp out on a mattress and you don't skip out on a couch when you buy them. And it is so true because yeah, you can go anywhere and buy a, a cheap mattress for 200, 300 bucks that will probably fall apart very quickly. Or you can spend a little bit of extra money and buy a mattress. Yes, it's an investment, but everything's an investment, right? Spend the money on the mattress because if you can get seven to nine hours of sleep a night, your investment in that mattress is way better than all of the other modalities that you can do to recover. Because like Brett had said, had said if your sleep and your lifestyle is not dialed in, yeah, listen, man, you can't rehydrate with a massage gun. Like you need to, you need to get that water in and you need to get sleep. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I think, I think there's a, a couple different reasons why people chase the, the toys versus actually doing things. It's because one, making a true change in yourself, whether it's training or life is really freaking hard. Like actually having an honest conversation with yourself and saying, man, like maybe this just isn't working and maybe I do need to completely change things around. So that's one thing that I always, uh, I think of is it's just hard to, to make a true authentic change with something that you've had a habit for, for a very, very long time is freaking hard. And, and it's, it's not easy, but I think what people do is they buy something and they get excited about it. And because they spent the money, they believe it's going to work. So I also think there's that placebo effect of like, it's 500 bucks. It should work. And I do think one of the reasons why people are getting success in quotations is placebo. The placebo effect is a real thing as well. So maybe, maybe the gun's working, or maybe you believe that the gun's helping you, but I can guarantee you this, there's nothing wrong with those things. And if every once in a while you have to use it fine, but it shouldn't be your Monday morning thing and your Tuesday morning thing. And every day you shouldn't have to wake up and jam a lacrosse ball in your peck or, you know, take a massage gun and, and hammer your IT band. That is just, there's something else going on. And it's not a lack of massage guns, cryotherapy and STEM in your life. It's just the fact that your choices, your lifestyle, your lifestyle choices, they're just bad. And, and listen, I've been there. I've made the mistakes. We've all done it, but we have to understand what's going to move the needle and what's just going to temporarily make us think we're making a change. And I think we need to focus on the lifestyle first. And then yes, 100%. If you need to do a little bit of soft tissue work or you need a tune up, there's nothing wrong with that. But if your default thought process is the second something hurts, I need a gun. I need ice. I need heat. I need this. You need to rethink your thought process and look at your programming and your lifestyle in general. Definitely. And, and for the folks listening and for clarity, when, when Mike says gun, he's referring to a massage gun. Yes. Um, yes, not, I am. <laughs> not, not a firearm. Um, you know, that, Greg, might, that will break up scar tissue though. A firearm yeah. will break up scar tissue and a massage gun will not. So there you have it. There's, there's application <laughs> versus reality. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I'm not signing up for that particular method of uh, breaking up the uh, scar tissue. It's a, but it's Greg, a, it's a two second course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not much to learn. Um, you know, Gray joked for a long time. You're not sore because of an Advil deficiency. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's not a thing. So, you know, you, you gotta, 
you got to take a look at what's going on. And, you know, we've certainly, the, the two of us over the, over the last couple of years have had uh, some significant challenges um, that, that we've had to, had to work with. And, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, and I, you know, I've had plenty of other things that have, that have gone on in, in my life. And, you know, that, that became fodder for a podcast where uh, somebody was questioning the, the fact that I've had nine surgeries. Of course, they said it was nine knee surgeries, which is just not true. I've had two. Um, one of those was unnecessary. But uh, when you work in an orthopedics office and you, you show him how your knee cracks and he goes, yeah, we can pay for an MRI or we can stick the scopes in, find out what's going on. I'm like, yeah, stick the scopes in. Let's do it. <laughs> so that was bad. God, that was many, many moons ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I had a, had a melanoma uh, that uh, I had taken care of. That was just surgical as in, in situ, um, no additional treatment required, you know, anything like that. Just every six months with a dermatologist to make sure nothing else is popping up. Uh, but then, you know, February of 02 was, uh, um, 02, <laughs> February of 2020, <laughs> get my dates correct uh was you know years. Uh, yeah same, same difference some very similar um but you know that was uh cancer diagnosis i had uh throat throat cancer um primary tonsillar squamous cell carcinoma stage three uh if anybody's interested in the details um had infiltrated deep ton musculature was inoperable <clears throat> and resulted in you know seven weeks of uh radiation, uh, two chemo infusions during that time. And, um, probably the most challenging thing that I've ever experienced in my life, um, as far as going through treatment and, and everything. So, um, that, that makes you sit back and, and think about a few things and, uh, you, you realize, uh, um, you, you start figuring out what's important. And, uh, so, you know, from a, from a lifestyle standpoint, you want to do things that support your health. And, um, <clears throat> my cancer was HPV based. So, um, the, you see the, the, the advertisements now for the, uh, the cancer, um, the HPV vaccines, um, you know, that that's the type of cancer that I have, um, about 95% of the population has been exposed to HPV. So it's super common. Uh, most people clear it. Some people don't. I was one of those that didn't clear it. And, uh, so now on the positive side of that, the treatment outcomes are better. So, you know, that uh, silver linings, I'm all about silver linings. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's always a bright spot to, to look at. And, you know, so, you know, that, that certainly made me sit back and think about uh, a few things. And then I know, you know, for you, about a year later, had a cancer diagnosis and, and treatment. And, and we're, we're going to spend a podcast probably on, each of our cancer journeys and, and talk about, you know, get, get into the, the details. Cause I, you shared uh, a lot uh, of your cancer journey. Um, I didn't, I, uh, I, I, I let it be known that I had cancer and I was going through treatment. Uh, but very few people know um, just how challenging that was and, and how, um, how much I struggled uh, during that time. And so we'll, we'll get into that and, 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 and talk about it. Cause I, I think it's important to get that out there. And, you know, you've had the experience of, of, of sharing, you know, the, the idea of getting those colonoscopies and doing those health checks. And, um, I had a little bit of that when I, I shared the fact that I had the melanoma taken care of, um, that was back in, uh, 2016, I think. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I shared at that time and people did, they went and got skin checks and they, you know, some people, you know, found out that they had some precancerous stuff and got some things taken care of. Um, you've had the experience of, of sharing that and people going to get checked and, and really, you know, having a real positive impact for folks. Yeah. I mean, when you get diagnosed with cancer, um, it's like just, you know, getting hit with a ton of bricks and, um, it, sharing my story and, uh, you know, going through all of this, um, it was interesting because for me, it was, you know, one of the things that crossed my mind through my, my cancer journey is a lot of people were like, you're tough and you're strong and, and you're doing so great. And, and don't get me wrong. Like those are, those are great things to say. And, and, you know, being tough and strong is what it is, but I I'll be honest with you. I used to think being tough was being able to survive tough workouts and, you know, do hard things physically. Um, that was just my idea of toughness because I'll be honest with you growing up, you know, I, I was always one of those people that I would, I would push myself physically very, very hard. Um, and yes, from a, from a physical standpoint, it was tough, but it's nothing, nothing like going through surgery and, and chemotherapy. And, and one of the things that I see on the internet, and this is, is something that I understand the mentality, but at the same time, it is so inaccurate as people like we're savages, we're doing this, we're, we're doing this leg workout and this and that I'm like, that's cool. Like, awesome. You're, you're pushing yourself and you're challenging yourself and you're getting results. But at the end of the day, like, I'll be honest, I don't care how much you back squat or deadlift. I really don't. And your clients don't either. You know what they care about? They care about the impact that you make on them and how you make them feel and how you've helped them. And that's just a big part of it. And, and listen, you know, being, being tough with cancer and, and going through this guys, there's not an option. I mean, there is an option. There's always an option, which is you don't do anything and you see how it goes, which for both of us, that was not, we, we wanted to live and we wanted to, you know, get through this. And I think when you get diagnosed with cancer and then you have to make those decisions really quickly and then going through everything, it's tough, but it's a weird, it's a weird experience because for me, at least there was no other option. So, you know, pushing yourself physically and mentally is a good thing. But when you're in a position where your back's against the wall, like when you really don't have a choice and you just have to go through it day in and day out. And there's been days on chemo. I wanted to bail because it sucked, but at the same time, it is what it is. And, you know, we talk about it and, and, you know, I've never been the strongest guy out there. Brett's done some pretty cool stuff. I mean, Brett's Brett's, you know, in the past has done some amazing feats of strength, but uh, and I don't want to speak for him, but I can tell you this, I guarantee you, that going through the whole cancer journey was way harder than bending a red nail. <laughs> you now, know, let, let's, let's dive into that, that concept of toughness there for, for just a minute, because I, I think that, uh, you, you do see that come up, uh, frequently. Um, and, you know, coaches will talk about, um, how they're building mental toughness or building toughness, um, and through their training, uh, the way they push their, their clients or athletes or students or whatever. Um, yeah, toughness is revealed, uh, not so much built. Uh, and that's, you know, Pavel's talked about it. There's, there's research that's been done. Um, this, this whole concept of, of toughness, um, like I said, is pretty, it's, it's revealed, it's not built. Um, now, can you become tougher? Sure. 
you know, that's a, that's a, that's just like developing a callus on your, on your hand, right? You, you uh, respond uh, in a, in a certain way. Um, I've, uh, you know, certainly been in that direction of, of feeling tough because I accomplished X. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, and to your point, going back through you know, cancer journey, you walk into the infusion room, to, to do a chemo and there's a 75, 80 year old grandmother that's there uh, receiving her, who knows what dose of chemo and, and battling cancer. And uh, I guarantee you, she's tougher than anybody that you've ever met. Um, and, and she may not feel that, um, but you know, the, my whole concept of, of toughness and, and stuff like that, you know, my grandmother who passed uh, this year, I was one of the toughest people I've ever known and she never lifted a weight or completed a hard workout. Um, but she was a woman that, um, survived the death of two of her husbands, the suicide of two of her children had terminal cancer, um, had had a pacemaker put in, um, knee replacement. I mean, she, she chewed some serious dirt in her life. And, uh, I asked her how she made it through all of that. And she kind of paused for a second and she goes, well, you live till you die. And that was just, you're going to go through stuff in life. And uh, the way I look at it, and we talked about this a lot, you know, when you got diagnosed and we, we spent some time talking about it and, and uh, you know, you identify the next step and you take the next step. And if you keep taking steps, you get to come through, you know, you'll, you'll get to the, the end result. Um, and that's, um, persistence. Yeah. I've joked for a long time. If I had a superpower, it'd be stubbornness. Well, stubbornness in its most elevated form is persistence and persistence is a secret to success in many, many areas of life. And so, uh, the, the thing I'll close on that, on this is, um, there's one of the only memes I've ever seen that I, that I actually like. Um, and it's a, just an old saying and, a, and an old concept and a, and a call for us to be kinder to one another is um, everybody's going through something that you know nothing about. Everybody's struggling with something and it could be a relationship issue. It could be a work issue. It could be a health problem. It, it could, you know, it's just all over the board, but uh, pretty much everybody's going through something that you know nothing about. And so never miss an opportunity for a kindness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, we'll close with this. And this is kind of um, based off of what you just said, Brett, you know, you kind of made a couple statements that sound like bumper stickers, right? And, and everybody has that, right? Everybody's seen the, you know, um, live a great life or one day at a time or, you know, live till you die. We've all seen those bumper stickers that are encouraging. And, and to be honest, when you just see those, you don't even think about it. You just keep driving. But you had mentioned you spent some time, um, you know, with your grandmother who it, she said, you know, you live till you die. And like, if we saw that on a bumper sticker, you probably be like, that doesn't cool. It's like a bumper sticker. You wouldn't even probably register it. But the fact that that same, that same sentence came from someone that you admired and cared about and had a relationship with, it means a totally different thing. So, you know, we talk about these kind of cliche statements one day at a time, this and that, but guys, I'm going to tell you right now, um, when you get crazy news like cancer, you, you literally have to, you go back from toggling between one day at a time to 
what's it going to look like down the road and one day at a time and what's it going to look like down the road. And it's, it's, it's very tough on the mind because all these weird things that, you know, dump into your head. But I think if, you know, we can take this first episode and, and kind of wrap it up is, um, you know, we're here to one, share our journeys about life and training to bring on some of the best guests we can, but to also really get you all to think about what's important in life, because we've been through a lot of stuff. We've experienced ups and downs and highs and lows, and we've, we've got to do some cool stuff along the way and got to meet some cool people. But at the end of the day, um, it's really about the impact that we leave on people. And when you can take insight and information from someone you admire and apply that and then pass it on to the next individual, that's really what it's all about. So we're here to help you guys. We're here to make sure that whoever we bring on, you're going to get something out of it. And we want to use this platform to help others, to get people stronger mentally, physically, and to develop more resilient people. And just you know, spread that message of just being a little bit kinder each day and uh, a little bit goes a long way. 100%. I think that, uh, you know, tough is, uh, yeah, the, another cliche. Uh, you don't know how tough you are until you have no choice. Uh, and, and that's, you know, kind of, um, and, and I love training. I love completing uh, a challenging workout, um, practice session, whatever you want to call it. Um, had a nice snatch practice uh, yesterday, um, and 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 felt challenged, and and you know that's that's good, um, but it's it's totally different, and uh, so we'll we'll dive into that more as we we talk about our cancer journeys and we uh, and we move forward with the podcast. But uh, hopefully, if you stuck with us through this kind of rambling. Um, first, first podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, we, we promise that uh, future podcasts might be a little, be a little more focused. Um, but you know, this is typical conversation with Mike and I, we, we cover a, a range of things when we, when we start chatting and that'll probably continue as, as we go through the podcast. So if you stuck with us, thank you, uh, for, for hanging in and, and, and listening and uh, we promise that we will get to some training concepts and we will talk about uh, coaching and training and skills and, you know, all of those things uh, that, that we um, love to do. Uh, but uh, we're going to go outside the lines a little bit, too. Excellent. All right, Brett, as always, it's always good to, to spend some time with you. Uh, for our listeners out there, guys, thank you so much. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.